Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest, you guys. I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.BandCamp.com, where there are premium episodes, which means live episodes in the last year and a half that I've had to start charging a couple of bucks for because they cost extra money to make. But everything's free. Uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of free episodes, so I uh, hope nobody's mad. Anyway, speaking of money, I might as well just put it up front. There's a donation button. Feel free to donate. If you if you want to, um, you can uh, as much or as little as you want. It's on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. It's also, you can buy get merch at JackieCation.com. T-shirts are all union-made here in America, so they run a little big. And there's Dork Forest t-shirts and uh, a spooky reading girl t-shirt, which is my stand-up t-shirt you can get my stand-up albums or a dvd if you like you can use a link on jackiecation.com to go back to comedy film nerds and buy just the streaming of the dvd this will make an excellent horcrux and you can uh also use the amazon banner on jackiecation.com if you want to support the show that way uh it's just ordering normal from from amazon doesn't cost you extra but you use the portal on jackiecation.com and the dork force gets a bit of a kickback so we thank you for that also on JackieCation.com, there is my schedule, stand-up schedule. This week, I am in Chicago in Minneapolis, opening for Maria Bamford. And then uh, I'm going to go stare at my dad for a couple of days. Going to go visit the family in Milwaukee. Not doing any shows in Milwaukee. Other than that, there... Oh, how about the damn credits? How about that? Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard in the beginning with his wife, Sarah Cohen. He will sing again at the end the his words to the Mexican hat dance. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website. He's working on a new website for JackieCation.com, and I'm very excited about it. So you should find Vilmos if you need website work, because he's a good egg. This is a great episode. Could have missed something in the intro, but let's get into it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome back to my living room. I'm back from the Road, and uh, in my we met playing a tabletop game with Mr. Will Wheat. We did. There you go. And uh, it is Ashley Escatha. How are which you? is Basque, I am told, yeah. and, um, and not uh, straight up Spanish. Yeah, it's uh, I would say Spanish across the ocean, not Mexican across the ground. Oh, there you go. Oh, not connected. Although not- my grandpa, I think has, I think he has Mexican and Aztec in his family heritage. My grandpa's that, that's the what one the Aztecs said. I'll, I'll be here all. <laughs> they had Spanish in them. Oh my god, oh, the no. raping. It's, uh, I, start, I'm, just, uh, we're just going to start off with a rape I'm, joke. Well, I'm be great. I'm Irish and Armenian, <laughs> so there's been plenty of raping. I was going to say, so I think that you speak from a position of uh, like sure. cultural experience. There's some oppression. I don't know who's who. Uh, I also um, like a quarter Norwegian. Did anyone oppress the Norwegians? I think it was too cold. I don't think anybody can oppress a Norse person. Ever. Right. I, well, the, yeah, the Norse, Nor- those were the Vikings. Those were uh, the ones. They were doing the oppressing. Yeah, yeah. That seems like um, yeah, that seems oh, like I'm they were torn. doing. My my whole my whole world is blown. It's being I've torn never, asunder. I've never even thought about it. Oh, Thor, you're Thor. I can hardly fit. Uh, I am so tired, and you're tired because you've been playing a new video game. Yes. What new video game have you been playing, Ashley Escatha? Wait a minute. Let me tell people. By the way, okay. Ashley Escatha dot com and at, at, at Ashley Escatha, and it's 
Ashley A S H L E Y E S Q E U E D A. E S Q U E D A. Jesus. All right. Yeah, it's it's all good. It's all. They'll good. find you. They'll find me. It's, What's the name of the show I did the, on yours the, over at? Uh, it's called Tomorrow Daily, but it's actually ending next week. What? Yeah, you know Hollywood. I thought, I numbers. thought it was going to shoot me to the top. Oh, I thought it was going to shoot me to the top too. <laughs> it makes two of us. Um, no, it's uh, it just it never got kind of the traction that we were hoping for, and then sort of it's it's interesting doing a talk show on a technology website. Yeah. So for the for those of you guys. You don't know me. I do a, a talk show that is we, we change it to a hybrid format, but we do a long version of the show on Thursdays where we have a guest and we deep dive into these future tech topics and everything. It's really fun. And I do it with Jeff Kanata. You might know him from We Have Concerns or DLC. He does these great podcasts. An interesting guy. And um, one of the inherent problems that I had never anticipated about doing a talk show on a tech website was um, was that people come to tech websites because it's very reactive. So when they hear the new iPhone is not going to have a headphone jack, they immediately go to Google and go, oh, I need to know everything about this. Right. And so, and then they find CNET because we have great SEO. We have a lot of, you know, we we are the biggest technology website on earth. And with Tomorrow Daily, it's sort of a proactive show. And so people are not typing in, what is the most advanced uh, prosthetic limb? Right now. Oh, like right. nobody's thinking about that on a right, Tuesday right. randomly. Right. They want a, they want a headphone check. Yeah. And it's, okay. and so they don't search for it, which means they don't find it. And then on top of that, like you have to have, it's a show that's really built on word of mouth and heavy promotion. And so any talk show is really like that. Even yeah. on network, I'm a yeah. big, I'm a big student of late night. Like I love talk shows. And so, and I love the business of them and I love the drama in them. And I, I love this book by Bill Carter about, uh, desperate networks and, and the late night wars and like all this stuff. I, I absolutely adore late night TV. Oh, wow. And so, um, and that's I what can't I can't keep any of them. Uh, I don't know who's out there. Uh, it's, it's, it's several guys with different haircuts. It's white, well, a lot of white guys, right? And then they're, <laughs> but some are pudgy and some are skinny, so, uh-huh, and uh-huh. some are younger and some are older. Uh-huh. And they generally, yes, that's yeah. uh, that's accurate. And I've, I've, they all have dark hair. They all have dark hair. No blondes. I don't think Except for any. Conan is a ginger. Well, Conan's a ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I mean, he's he's the he's the outlier there. But really, there's no uh, Chelsea Handler. I mean, you could consider well, late she's night. Gone. But um, Sam Except B. That, I would say Sam B. Yes, is that's it. The greatest. Uh, She's amazing. I don't even. Ugh, that's that's like, the only one I'm watching, actually. It's, uh, so I want to watch. I mean, I've, I see parts of the rest of them. Yeah, you know, parts of Conan. You see clips. You see of, clips online, but not enough. Not enough to remember their names. I'm like, yeah. so that's Seth. Is he? Which one's he doing? Is he doing the Tonight Show? So now? we'll go by network. So CBS is uh, is the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and then late and then Late Late Show with oh, James. I tried Corden. to watch that, but I'm waiting for him to settle in. Yeah, <laughs> because he was uh, he was hit and miss for me, and I was like, because I missed the. I, I miss the character. Yeah, and I think a lot and of people a, did. And it's an hour, so he's got to fill that hour instead of a half hour. Yeah, four times a week, he's got to fill an hour five times a week. And there's a great article in the Hollywood Reporter about him that a broke my heart because as a host, you, you listen, you read the things he says, you know, and he says, you know, you can't help but be you are the show. Yeah, and so when it doesn't do well, it hurts you. Like, right, of right. course it does. Of course it does. And uh, and he talked a lot about apparently when they started, and I didn't know this when they started. Started the Late Show. He did it without a showrunner. He decided he would be in charge the way he was in charge at the Colbert Report. Oh, I heard that from one of the old old writers, and it was killing him. 
Well, he didn't know what he was doing. No, and and it's it's a totally different animal, and it it's just, a different job. Yeah, and and he also mentioned he talks. He, has, he, he probably could do it for someone else, but I don't think he. But was, not as not the host. And yeah, it's it's very hard. And and I did not to compare myself to Stephen Colbert because that's insane. But I did at the Why beginning not? of Tomorrow Daily. I yeah. was the only full time staffer in Los Angeles for CNET, and I was the only person working on my show. Uh, so in the morning, I and this is still generally the same. In the morning, I would get up and read through my RSS feeds. I would collect, you know, 15 stories, and then I would find the few I wanted to talk about on the show. Then I would create a rundown. I would put in all of the B-roll that I wanted. I mean, literally, I did all of the pre-production. Okay. And then our producer, who was a a freelancer who was only allowed two hours a day would pull the footage and then load it into the TriCaster and switch the show live, and then he would leave. So I would edit the show. And then I would also write the article for the show. I would wow. have to encode it. And then I'm also social media for the show. And I still do all those things except editing. That's still the only thing I, I now long, don't do. How long was did the show last? Like, it's done next week, but how long was it on? It's been on for today, I think, is our today as of recording today. It's the 406th episode. So we've done, and we did shorter episodes starting in November. So I feel kind of weird saying it's 406. It doesn't feel like that. But we've done it for two years, over two years. Two years, but it's every day. You it's guys every day, doing Monday five through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Four days a week. Yeah. I think I would have died from exhaustion had yeah. I gone five days a week. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, even if it were a half an hour every day, it was, it was 20 minutes. It was 20 to 30 minutes every day, um, by myself for all intent and purposes. I mean, Logan was great switching, uh, and it took a very long time to convince, um, to convince somebody, uh, to convince my bosses that I needed Logan to have more hours. And so producer right. Logan is now full time. Yay. Like we, I fought really hard, uh, to get him in full time and he's great like he's amazing yeah um, but he still only works half the day on on our show and then he has other things he has to do right well the the job itself what i i had heard um scuttlebutt when i was in new york i heard uh one of the writers or new writer or old writer can't remember uh probably for the best uh yeah. that i can't remember yeah yeah because i don't want to name names yeah i don't want that guy to get in trouble at all but he said so that, it's a man oh, right that narrows it down uh, to tremendously <laughs> <laughs> but the but the crazy th- was uh he said yeah you know Stephen Stephen would come in and he he wanted to you know get to know everybody you know and and chat how was your night what did you do over the weekend and you're like you, we oh, got to go yeah there's there the show's in 5 hours <laughs> yeah. on earth we don't have an hour to, to chit chat and so that was part of the problem as well yeah. and um, and and also he mentioned in the article that he said it was very difficult to go from being sort of the executive producer of the show to the host like that. And he said it was affecting his ability to connect with the audience. Oh, okay. And to be a producer is such a different hat where you're just business is business. You can't connect with the joy right. of, of hosting and the audience. You have to really kind of take that downtime before the sh- before the show starts. Right. Really, if you're going to do both, you gotta, you gotta have you, a, a small you have line. To have, yeah. You have to have that <laughs> transition period yeah. where you get, you get out of your producer hat and you put on your host suit. So that makes perfect sense. So that's CBS. Yeah, is that's CBS. Else? And is there then another um, one on CBS. I no. want to say is Seth Meyers on CBS. No, he's on he's on NBC. So then we go to NBC. We got Fallon on the Tonight Show. Okay, that that's who's doing the Tonight Show. Yeah. Hey, hi guys. All right. Um, um, so I, I have stand up uh, sets for all of these people, all unique, directed towards each of these each unique of white gentlemen. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Anyway, so uh, Fallon's <laughs> so on the Tonight. 
Fallon and Myers. You got Fallon Myers. and Myers. Seth Myers. And then Carson Daly, I think, has a very late night show on NBC. It always has. Yeah, I think he's had that for a long time. It's been What's a while. What's Seth Myers' show called? Uh, I think it's, is it Late Night with Seth Myers? I think it's oh. Late Night with Seth Myers. Catchy. I yeah, like it. I like catchy. it. Um, and then and that's on, four days a week as well, or five days a I week? I think it's four or five. Yeah, I think it's yeah. five. So five days a week. And then Seth Myers is actually killing it right now. He's He's got a really unique voice in uh, Late Night. He's that, not afraid to be political. and He used to be the Weekend Update guy, right? He did. He did with I, Tina for a long time. I never uh, <laughs> I never watched Saturday Night Live either. I don't know what I've been doing. Are you but a it comedian? Been, or? Yeah, I'm the kind of comedian that doesn't watch any doesn't television. watch comedy? Right, I don't watch like, any I hate comedy. I, I see so much comedy live yeah. that I genuinely, I'm like, Well, it's like a doctor. Yeah. Doctor's wife is always sick. He doesn't want to treat people when he gets home. That's terrible. Right. I, I had two roommates who went through massage uh, school and, and they I would never get a massage. Exactly, because they do it all day. They come home, they don't want to do it. It's well, the same thing. You should come home, you're like, oh, I'm all laughed out. I'm, I, I don't want to watch I got to see comedy. Bobcat last night and he was amazing. Oh, you know? Jealous. And um, Do you know that he went to high school with Tom Kenny? What? How how random in what Syracuse? A small weird world. The smallest of all worlds, because Syracuse, New York, is the middle of nowhere. The middle of nowhere. That those two gentlemen, <laughs> like I would went have to been, high school together. If you would have told me, oh, they went to Hollywood High School, I'd be like, okay, right? Like they were from here, and then they still live here. That's Nobody's so surprised. But there is all yeah. kind of kind of crazy. No, yeah. And he had uh, f- amazing stories about this guy that they went to high school with named Sparky, who was uh, the worst. It sounds like the biggest disaster of a dude Isn't, ever. Aren't people named who nicknamed Sparky generally like, don't they give the greatest stories? Right. Well, and it was just five stories in a row where uh, his co-host, Caitlin Gill, right? And um, and she's very funny, young comedy. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, but so I get to see amazing comedy all the time. So, but I heard that Seth Meyer was killing it. He's doing a great job. Because it is very political. He's just saying whatever he wants. Yeah, he doesn't and, care. And That's right. the beauty of that time slot, is that you get away with so much more. Right. So I don't understand. Yeah. Because I think that's, well... Well, right, Fallon, Fallon, is the, Fallon is the softball host. Right. It's like, that's the guy. He's the happy guy that people happy go to go bed lucky, to. Yeah, happy-go-lucky guy who's, who plays a bunch of mini-games, basically. It's like, that. that's what The Tonight Show is now. <laughs> and he's, listen, I love Fallon as a as a as an heir or a successor to Carson because Carson was very much a variety guy like he yeah. loved variety and yeah. I I feel like that's something that has kind of been missing from late night recently until Fallon is came Fallon, back is Fallon bringing on jugglers and dancers and whatnot he I does hope so. he does sometimes but it's more sort of celebrity based now so he does the the oh he makes lip syncing and yeah where he does this like egg wait, it's wait. like raw egg roulette or Isn't something. It- Oh, I'm gonna sound like such a maroon. Isn't it the, uh, the Corden guy who does this, the lip sync? He does carpool karaoke. Carpool yeah, karaoke. Like carpool karaoke. Yeah, we have James Corden. He's James, great. Where's, is he on ABC? He's on CBS. He's right after, uh, Colbert. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, and geez. he's, um, God, he's just blowing up. And um, I used to see him in the halls because Tomorrow Daily used to shoot at Television City. Okay. And uh, and so right down the hall from from the Late Show and so or, and um, the Late Late Show and Craig Ferguson was going out. Okay. And so we were there when they had come back in as uh, Corden. And so I uh, caught him in the elevator a couple times and he was just so like, I love this. Or I should say, I guess I should use a terrible British accent because uh, he's British. He's like, <laughs> I'm I'm loving this and I get to go. You know, I get, come in at like eight thirty and I go home and I'm able to see my kids and tuck them in and all this stuff. He was like very excited to have this sort of 
nine to five job that allowed him to do the comedy he wanted to do. And he just seemed so joyous about that. And I thought that that was really lovely of him to to be appreciative of the position he's in because so many comedians, I mean, you just got back from the road, you know. Yeah. It's like you you don't get to have a normal schedule. Right. It's It's very rare. Yeah. The the balancing act of of doing the road and having a life at home is much different. Yeah. There is something, there's the structure of of a nine to five that makes you want to go, oh, good. Yeah. And I think that's the real appeal for a lot of comics who want to to host as well right. and writers too and writers it's it's a it's a security blanket in a way but it's also you know he, they get to do crazy things for and they're really fun and again i think that there's there's a lot more freedom at that time slot there's so much more freedom at midnight as opposed to 11 yeah, yeah. Um, that 11 o'clock hour is like you're still for some reason it still feels like prime time for people yeah. and they're yeah. like oh and they your- have those expectations too right because i guess everyone goes to bed at midnight mm-hmm. when when i believe i read a book that said we should all go to bed at 10 no i want to go to bed at 10 i always want to go to bed well i could go to bed right now i could but. go to bed at any time <laughs> yeah that's a, that's my superpower i can actually sleep anywhere it's uh you know what i used to be able to sleep more on the planes and then they offered wi-fi on the planes now it's over I, it's over even though i'm like look at your device because you and could do more you could be productive i could be productive or i could get into some sort of weird political flame war on facebook for <laughs> yeah, no reason as you do. And, right. And I'm like, well, this can't possibly be good for your digestion or anything, right? Yeah. Your brain. The health of the plane. You can punch a hole right through it. I mean, it's... Oh, my God. Yes. I have written so many tomes on my Tumblr blog. I'm like, and then this happened, and I have this political theory that's based on Locke and Voltaire, and I don't know if you guys read Hobbes, Breck, and... Anyway. That's so. what happens when you're on a plane. Your brain, well, your brain runs away with you. Right. And there's, I'm sitting next to someone who I'm not going to talk to. Why no. would I talk to the real person? Person next Talk to, to the imaginary person inside. <laughs> exactly. Because a uh, guy next to me, crapshoot. Real yeah. You don't know. Shoot. You don't know. Online, I can check out. Yeah. I, I there run. was a, I had a flight once from here to New York and the guy sitting next to me seemed really nice. He was, he was very polite. He like, uh, like at the beginning of the flight, he like had a couple of mentions. Wow. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, this happens very guys. It's the president. It's POTUS. It's POTUS. Everybody. She has a bat phone. It's probably the commissioner. Let's all be real here. Jackie fights crime at night. That isn't that DC. It might be. <laughs> 202 could actually be DC. It has a, it hasn't happened in episodes because I usually remember to unplug the phone, uh, but I forgot to unplug the phone because we okay. were we were bonding before the show. It's like I said, it was the com- it's the commissioner. He's asking right. to fight some crime later. <laughs> right, uh, the Jackie Cation signal. Keeping uh, the uh, mm-hmm. keeping the street. What would your signal be? What would your what's your bat signal? Oh well, clearly some sort of tree, uh, a treehouse. A treehouse. Okay, uh, all right. That's I what like I it. want. The treehouse in, in the Dork Forest. Oh, I uh, like it. Yeah, dork, I think dork, mine dork, be a dork. thumbs up. <laughs> Wait, that would imply that things were okay. Well, no. I see. Like to me, it would be like someone giving a thumbs up. I'd be like, oh my god, something's good. I got to go undo it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go ruin someone's life. Somebody tweeted the other day. We should just have, and this. Why would I bring everyone down? That we just uh, have all the flags at half mast and then bring them all the way to the top when we don't have a murder. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, just by default. Cheerful. Anyway, that seems, yeah, uh, that's you're on way a plane. Not depressing. Nice guy next to you. Nice ya. guy. But then once we started having a conversation, guy turns out to be like DEFCON one levels of crazy conspiracy theorist. Oh, criminy. I mean, we're talking, he was saying the Wi-Fi on the plane was probably going to give us all cancer and that it was probably already inside us <laughs> and that we, and that there was nothing we could do. And that, cause I was like, well, why then do you fly in planes? Right. Then why, and why mention it? And he says, well, it's an efficient mode of transportation and really Wi-Fi, the, the, uh, what did he say? He was like, Wi-Fi is everywhere. It's in our brains all the time. So I just gave up. Like he basically just had given up. His, I want to know what books he's reading. You're just like, hey, can you show me the three weird self-help books that you're reading of how to how to how to fight the tin? I think they're just websites. Like they're I don't think they're they're old GeoCities websites from '96. GeoCities. Oh, he's like terrible GeoCities websites. That's got to be it. Okay, now here's what I want to know. What? Who's on ABC? Are there any talk shows on ABC? Yeah, we got Kimmel. Kimmel's oh, on ABC. He was on fire for years. Yeah, I Is interned he still there. He's still on fire. He's still oh, on fire. Did you? Uh, okay. Yeah, I interned there. I enjoyed it. I had a, I had a great time. Um, I learned a lot. I I wish I could work there. I I would love to write. I'd love to be a staff writer on. Oh, board. really? Um, that's that's my secret dream is to to write comedy for people. Oh, that's fun because so. you've seen it too, so you know yeah. what what it would look like. Yeah, I really love it, and I love the deadline of every day. Like I, it's really it's like a an sickness. artificially created deadline, which then you have a sense of accomplishment. Sure. You know, once there's a Show out. Made it. It happened. It I happened. did it. Now I get to start all over again the next day. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. It's great. Right. It's like digging ditches. It's good. Sure. It's a that's a horrible analogy, but that's what I feel like it would be. I've never wanted to write uh, for television. Really? Yeah. That's, I just well, you're like a you're a true tried and true stage comic. That's cool. Well, I mean, I, I I've always wanted to act, and I and I and I'd love to I'd love to play Beyonce's weird white aunt. Is what I'd like to do. I would pay whatever. any amount to see that happen. <laughs> honestly, how she would like me because I would be likable, but I would also be weird because yeah. I wouldn't get it. You just say, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or how, how you write it so that I do fucking get it. It'd be great. Anyway, uh, no, that seems like a great web series, by the way. Beyonce's weird white aunt. I would watch that. I'd watch yeah. the shit out of that. All right. Well, let me, let me look into it. That's uh, all I need. I is feel like a, we could sell it to like Nerdist, right? Do you right? think they buy it? I feel like we could call somebody. I don't know. We could definitely call somebody. We, we might could, get a meeting. Yeah. You know, I had my very first meeting meeting in New York. I did a did show. You? Yeah. Um, I've been 77 years. I've been doing stand-up comedy and living in Los Angeles and nobody's ever wanted me to pitch anything. Oh, wow. That's not true. I mean, I'm sure like there are people who know they just say, hey, I want to pitch stuff. And then other people are like, oh, good. Good and, for you. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> please come and tell us things. And then um, you have ideas. And so this this production company in New York, one of their interns saw me at UCB and said, we'd love to hear have you come in and and uh, we'd love to meet you and and have a thing and i was like okay yeah okay and then what happens uh yeah. they're like oh probably nothing they didn't say that but uh, but, but generally I think that's, that's true right yeah that's sort of true it's, but it was fun to pitch sure it was fun to pitch an idea do you have do you ever pitch or have ideas and and go to the people i have the never gatekeepers? i have never been asked to to the gates i've never been asked to the gates to pitch <laughs> um but i've done a lot of pre, like presentations about stuff you know with tomorrow daily i had to pitch that to my bosses and i had like there's a lot of things that i have pitched right but once in it 
but, but not yeah. not just walking up to the gates of Mordor and saying, hi, I need to talk to the mouth of Sauron. I'd like to speak to the CEO of the show business, please. <laughs> right. Um, I have some great ideas. Uh, yeah, no, I've never been asked to pitch yet. And I think a part of that is just because I, I mostly kind of live right now and I have since the beginning of my career in technology, even right. though I went to school for comedy, right? Like I went to school for television writing. Oh, did you? Where'd you, um, where'd you go? I went to Chapman down oh, in Orange. Okay. So I'm not, not terribly far. And then my, uh, my mentor there is Ross Brown, who was the, uh, who's the showrunner on Step by Step. He used to write, oh, yeah. he used to write for the Cosby show. He's okay. like a great guy. Like, okay. total genius. Like, I love him. He knows how to do the job and does a great job at it. Very good at teaching how to write, how to, you know, I not be on the nose and a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just sitting around those guys and having them. Like, love it. I, like, I don't know Judd Apatow. I mean, I've met him a handful of times and, uh, but he, there's part of me that just wants to have him like tell just me chit chat. What's the what's it, what, what what do you do? What goes on in there? Like, right. How does right. it work? How do you know what the next thing to do is? Yeah, when like you what do you look up? for? Like what is it? The, yeah, there's that big picture. Yeah. But I was also thinking nuts and bolts. But I would love yeah, the big nuts picture and bolts too. too. Like yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. And I, I just I find it all so fascinating. And um and I've like I said I've always loved late night. And I I want that's sort of the end game. Which you know I pick the most difficult job that you know. <laughs> Point zero 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 one percent of the population has, and then if you and then know. if you consider women, then it's like right. uh, you know there's like two of those jobs. Sometimes you get a freak show vote though, where uh, you end up sliding in on a, on a, on a sort technicality. of a technicality. Yeah, yeah, that's what where, I'm hoping. Weren't you looking for this at one point? Yeah, and uh, but it's true. Sometimes you don't get you don't get a gig because you're a woman, and it's and you're just like you don't have any of this. Yeah, like the thing sta- me, the person standing in front of you is not represented at all in your world. Yeah. You wouldn't want that sort of pers- like weird perspective. And they're like, no, no, like, that is not what like I'm Like I would for. have loved, um, I mean, I love Stephen Colbert. I think he's amazing. And uh, But I really, I was hoping that they would have pulled from inside their own talent pool at CBS. And to, to be fair, full disclosure, CBS is our parent company. So hopefully, okay. hopefully I don't get fired for this. But I would have just absolutely loved um, Aisha Tyler as the host of the, the, tonight, uh, the Late Late Show. Or yeah, the Late was, Show, I'm sorry. I always feel like uh, her plate is full. It's so, uh, but she has the view uh, or the right. talk, the talk. She's, right, on, the she's talk, on the talk. And, and then, she, but if she came up to that, then, you know, that's like her new day is it anyway, or what's my line yeah. or whatever the hell that's called. And then, and then she, she also, I understand, uh, she's taking a little break right now from yeah. stand up. She's like, I gotta I, just breathe. Quite honestly, all I wanted <laughs> to do is stand up. Is, uh, that's all you want. That's all I want. Cause yeah. I'm like, she's fascinating when she's sitting on the talk and, and, and riffing and, 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 and cause she's very smart and funny. Sure. So it's great, but her, uh, I feel like we're missing out on some great stand-up. That's very true. Which her, is, her last special was pretty great. She's such a great comic, and you're just like, oh well, you're not doing stand-up enough. You're like, hey, why don't you leave her alone? Yeah, uh, yeah. It turns out she's already working. Let her exist. She has Archer. She's got. I mean, right. God, she's like a million things going on. She was. On, she was on the. On she's the like the woman like, version of Chris Hardwick. Right. Right. She's like got 150 40, jobs. Right. And like four years ago, I think it was maybe more. She was on the Dork Forest, and uh, and I think I said, so what have you been doing since that Friends thing? and uh, uh, Or Talk Soup. And I she was like, loved that. She, she was like, are you serious? You did not even IMDB me? And I said, no. no I know you're busy. <laughs> busy-ish. I hear around. You got great right. stuff going on. And so ever since then, I have sort of kept a, like a hairy eyeball on her career. Just in case. Um, well, when she comes back, then you can be like, well, how are all these things going? And she's going to be so impressed with you. Well, well the weirdest thing is because in 2003, 
2003, Comedy Central was like, hey, uh, it was 2002. It was the year before I got my half hour special. Uh, the last time Comedy Central loved me. And, uh, but in 2002, they were like, we're going to get you in. Somebody dropped out. We're trying to actually get a, a woman of color. And I was like, oh yeah, well, women of color need some, uh, a special as well. I get sure. that. And they said, we'll get you in next year for sure. And so I was talking to this woman and I said, well, have you tried Aisha Tyler? And I'm like, I've started suggesting black women comics that I know. And they were like, yeah, we've, we've got people, Jackie. And we did ask Aisha. She's busy. And I was like, I don't know why I'm helping. I like, I like you were playing talent booker for everybody. <laughs> right. I think she's, she's got work. I don't know. I don't necessarily need to plug her. Yeah. But you she's, she's going to be fine. Yeah. It's not going to be check to check for a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. But she also has a podcast too. Sure. She has girl on guy. Right, so it's, there's plenty of work going on, but she would have been great. On. I would have loved to have seen her as in, at, on, on the late show in any of these roles. But yeah. how great would it have been if she had had the James Gord, uh, Corbin? Oh, I would have loved or that. the Seth Meyers slot. I so good. Is there anybody after Kimmel? No, and that's I like that's a great that's a great slot. I mean, it's like the Fox has no real late night going on. Um, right. There's there's a, sp- a spot for a woman who could be sure. super irreverent. Yeah. And uh, but I and think po- networks are scared of that. Like yeah. when you I think. People really want. I mean, younger, younger audiences. I mean, to me, I'm 33. Okay, and it's like the I, age of Christ. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a big year. It's going to be a big year for me. <laughs> really hoping I make it to 34. Let's be let's be real here. Uh, so. For me, it's like I, I very much want somebody who is not who is unafraid, and it feels like right now on in late night on broadcast, there's a lot of fear to do things that are controversial. And so, so right now we have this big influx of fun bits that we are seeing. So carpool karaoke, yeah. and and there's all a- of the mini games that Jimmy Fallon's playing, and like and even Colbert to a certain extent. He's has, doing a lot more dancing than I thought he was going to be doing. I agree. It's kind of it's interesting. It's a little Ellen DeGeneracy. He loves it, though. He yeah. loves it. And I'm, also, with a band leader. Right. I mean, Which, I mean the band's amazing. Incredible. But, but then there's Reggie Watts. Oh, and, my God. He's, uh, he's amazing. He's my favorite. He, well, he's, I saw, I opened for him one time, and I got to see his long set, and I hadn't seen his long set in such a long time. Reggie Watts is an amazing comic if people don't get to have not seen You're him. You're missing but, out. Not only on some great hair, What's good oh, comedy. Right. What's the, which one is he on? He is Who's on. The, is it Fallon? He is on. Uh, he's James Corden. It's James, James Corden. Uh, there, there we are. And um, uh, he, uh, yeah. But not only, and, and he's a wonderful. He's a wonderful, fun musician. Yeah, and a real musician. But he's also a great comic. And so to watch him do his his late set and stuff, really great. He just did. Uh, he just did a set in virtual reality. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's one of the first comics to do a full set in VR. They they rendered him a little cartoon Reggie Watts, and he did a live show where you could put on a VR headset and uh, warp to this comedy club in virtual reality space. What? In virtual space, and you could watch him do a set. It this was is really cool. You guys, I'm with uh, Ashley Escafa. And uh, uh, you know things about tech uh, that is crazy, and we're not ever going to get to it. But we're going to get to it. But it, did he do it for James Corden? No, no, was- he just did it for. It was a promotional thing. He's actually um, this last weekend. He was the keynote speaker, I believe, at VRLA. He's really into virtual reality. He's oh, cool. really into virtual reality. And did he use Oculus or the other one? I think it the was Samsung. I one. think it, I or think it that- was with a specific company that allowed you to use either. So it okay. was like you could use, I think, Samsung Gear VR, which is your phone. Or you could do, uh, you could do Oculus or Vive, like which are the bigger, higher end headsets. That's right. It's uh, and so because Andy, my husband, 
works on, is working on a VR video game. Oh, cool! Because uh, he's a game designer, and um, and so. He's I, I forget which system he's working on, but he's very funny because he worked at PlayStation right before Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And PlayStation guessed Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, very, as opposed to HD. Very prescient. Right. Fortuitous. Yeah, and, extremely. Um, and they there was some talk of why, and he said, well, they looked into what the porn industry... Where porn using. goes, the entertainment goes. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, that's that's true. Do that's how know? Betamax won. That's how VHS won over Betamax. Right. And so do we know which one... <laughs> Porn is using in VR? Uh, and how creepy is VR porn? I think that uh, it's really creepy. <laughs> it we, did a, we did a bit on that at, C- at CES this year, which is a huge entertainment expo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of our hosts got to do the uh, this, like, sort of uh, experience. And it was, first of all, it is so creepy because it's not your body. You look down and you're like a tatted out bro oh, with right. like tribal tats and like you got a six pack and stuff. And I'm like, this is not your body. Like that would freak me out. Right. But then it's like, and it's, it also sounds super racially sensitive. Apparently anyway. it's intense. <laughs> like it's really intense. Like oh, really? we were saying, like it's kind of intense. It's also like, it's, it feels Is it like weird. having sex with a ghost? Like in, uh, well, it's like, I'm sure in your mind, you're, your mind is tricked a little bit into what you're seeing as is real, but then you're obviously there's not like a machine that you're in or something to like have right. sex with you. So I like yeah, it's just really weird. Like I don't, I, I mean, I haven't tried it, so I don't know. But there are there's okay a huge industry, like a huge industry in porn, like a huge niche in porn that's working on virtual reality because that's sort of the next thing. Like that's the big right. next thing, which is. Crazy. I mean, but it also totally makes sense because that is how the industry has. I mean, that's how we've moved forward. VHS became popular because of the porn industry, right? Uh, you know, we there's, we choose formats. Yeah, we choose formats based on what the porn that's, industry leans towards. Like, right. It's really incredible how much the entertainment industry has sort of. It's almost like people like sex a lot. It's super weird, right? It's crazy. And yet somehow (laughs) society acts very prudish towards it. It's very weird. Oh, they do. But, but it's just to the surprise of no one, everyone is interested in sex. Uh, almost everyone, even Sarah Palin. And, uh, I mean, which is so disturbing. Right. It's disturbing to think about anybody. But she has children, so obviously it has happened. Right, right. At least (laughs) a couple of times. And, uh, and so, but it's weird because, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's so much. Yeah, there was somebody was talking about a virtual reality shopping network. Yeah, where you could just wander around stuff. and like pick things off the shelf, and you pick things off the shelf and you put them in your cart, and then that actually goes to a cart, sort of like Amazon. Like Amazon, and then it's delivered to your Check house out and then send four right hours later. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. I mean, virtual reality is a weird, weird space right now, man. Did you read Ready Player One? I did, and super fun, right? Love it. Hunger Great. Games for forty year olds is yeah. what I've always described it as, just. Because, um, because all those, all that 80s stuff is, is my generation of, sure. of, of craziness. But there's, I mean, everyone knows I have to sneeze or not. Look up. You did it. Success. That's how to get it out quickly. All right, well. Look up at the lights. Interesting. I'm going to see if I edit that. Let's find out. (laughs) Uh, Please listen and find out, you guys. Maybe this will be the teaser clip. Um, So so there's nothing after Kimmel. So Kimmel and then it's just ABC reruns. Yeah, and then you got all of your, you know, your other networks. You got Conan on TBS. You have Samantha Bee on TBS. Who owns owns TBS? Is it it, uh, Time Warner? 
Might be Time Warner. Viacom? No, it's not Viacom. Uh, Comcast? Who Maybe. knows what it is? I don't it's know. one of those, but it's not NBC like NBC. Universal might be NBC Uni. It might be NBC. It might be NBC Uni. Weird. Um, and then you got uh, you got Oliver on HBO. You oh, got, that's right. You got Oliver on HBO. You got Stuart coming back with an animated talk, like show on HBO where what? he's going to talk. Yeah, this is going to get crazy. I'm excited about that because you know it's like you see him like come back on Colbert a couple yeah. weeks ago. It's like so clear that. that he is so over wearing a suit and being clean shaven every day. He's yeah. like, I hate this. I don't right. ever want to do this again. And so he has figured out the secret, which is I'll just make my show animated. Animated, I can look like any schlub in the world. Anything I want. Genius. <laughs> what a genius. Never age. No. And it, uh, who was on uh, 60 Minutes? Andy Rooney. Yeah. Andy Hardy. Uh, Andy <laughs> Rooney. So. Uh, yeah, if only Andy Rooney had known that in had the known, 70s. Could, they could have animated You could have made 60 Minutes of Cartoon, and I no. think it just would have lived forever. One of my brothers likes to call me and tell me what he's watching on television. And okay. he enjoys me and this TV. And these are regular, over-the-air television uh, networks that show reruns. Yeah. And we have a... We, those are our rabbit ears. Oh, nice. And uh, so we get them. And Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett are playing on MeTV or This TV mm-hmm. over and over again. Sure. Have, do you ever watch those? Ever I, I loved, I watched so much Carson when I was a kid all the time. Yeah. Like, I loved it. Great Karnak and, and Ed McMahon and it was just... The interviews are amazing. Really great. And he's so fast on his feet. And the one thing that I feel um, is so key for a good late night host is listening. Yeah. So I always, I I liked, I've liked every host. They have a specific quality that I've always enjoyed, but I always felt like Leno never listened. Right. He he was, he was in his head thinking about how he was going to riff. What the next thing was. And and I, and I think that's probably part of being a stand up comic. Like first. Very much. it's, it's you're kind of preparing for the next thing, um, but it, it never felt um, as organic as it did when Johnny was was right. Up. He, he let he let the other person be he let funny. them drive the interview. Yeah, but never let it get out of hand. Like yes. he was always in control, but he really let them kind of dictate where the interview was driving, and so. I always loved that about him, and I always thought that that was such an important... I really think it is the key thing for a host to be able to listen and pull something and be like, wait a minute, let's talk about what you just said right there. <laughs> right, right, let's back, just backpedal and go me, into deep into that. What's that Bobcat? Tell me about Sparky. Like, who's yeah, yeah. this guy? Like, what is this? And then they're like, oh my God, let me tell you about Sparky. And then you get these great moments that you would right. not have had otherwise, had you just had some talking points that you hit, and then you're like, okay, thank you very much. See you later. And the riffing. I, yeah, Johnny Carson was... was He's the king of that. He's the king of that. That what I loved was to have it in the in his panel format. The oh, panel format because good. it was always weirdo magoos. It was like a professor and a politician just, and a musician just randos. and an actor. Yeah, and it's great. Half of them are in the bag, and the other half are super wound up, out of control. And yeah, it's you, amazing. Yeah, and I I have uh, all of the collections. Yeah, but they show sometimes they show the full episodes on oh. on, on me and this. I gotta TV. go see that. I gotta go see that for because but they're an hour and a half. Half too, which yeah, is weird. Re- well, because you have so many people. Yes. It's like, how do you keep that edited down to an hour? Otherwise, it's just a cacophony of people yelling over each other. It'd Especially so, the people who are out of control. Who I thought would have been great at that would have been Colbert. I think so, too. And I, I, like uh, Handler did it on E! for a while. Oh, she right. did. She had a panel the, show. The and the panel was, round table. It was fun and cool, and it was sort of a riff on that. Um, and I, I but always, her guests were not always... 
They, yeah. they were all the same type of person. Right, right. And I think that that hurt the content. And right. also it was made for E, so it's like it has to be celebrity driven and, entertainment, and it's very entertainment yeah. based and all this stuff. But like Colbert, for the he, first he's few, such a, he's such a, like a, uh, intellectual a weird guy himself. Lord of the Rings nerd. Like right. I love him. He's a nerd, for that. but he's also an intellectual yeah. and he's also just an idiot. Yeah. So he's got all of those things because I think. He's a joyful idiot. He's the joyful idiot who's smarter and, than and everyone not, in the room. Right. It's and really amazing. Willing to hide it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so is willing to. Is willing to just get he's in there, and he's great. he's willing to not he, he's willing to be the least intelligent person on the stage. Yes, and I always appreciate that about him. In that he always invites people. Like before, now it's a little bit. Now they have a showrunner, and it's they're changing the format a little bit. They've invited more celebrities to be guests, but at the beginning he was inviting authors and artists and game designers and all this stuff. And really, I mean, it feels like that is a thing that I re- that I enjoy so much That's in late what night he's, that we don't. He's better see with those people. I agree. When he's, agree. he's sitting there talking he to bored. Matt ba- Damon, yeah. he's like, well, let's talk about your new movie, Matt Damon. Yeah. And and that's fine. Let's well, just very rote. Or it'd be so great. Let's You and I should be the showrunner. Because the it. thing is, is, he should ask Matt Damon about, I don't know, what are you reading? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what, are, like, are you reading anything good, by the way? Speaking of... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just finished Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, that's right. Which I have not yet bought. We'll have to um, discuss... It's uh, you no know, spoilers, just because uh, most people I don't because it's in play format, right? Yeah, it's a, it's in a it's a play a stage play format, and it um, takes place and it's a draft to some extent. She said, right? Yeah, um, it seems like it's the f- the full play. Final. Okay. It seems like it's the, the the play that is being performed right now in London, in London. on the West End. So um, yeah. What about, uh, and it takes place right after uh, book seven? No, uh, it takes place many, if we, uh, well, okay, so in the movies and in the book, at the end of book seven, we see this sort of time jump forward where you see oh, right. epilogue kids stuff. and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. as an epilogue and stuff, and it, it's kind of then, it's a little bit beyond that. So Okay, so it's at six to ten years after they graduate mm-hmm. from Yeah, Hogwarts. it's like they're older and they're, you know, they're, they all have their jobs, like Ron and Hermione and Harry. We all have jobs and they have kids and it's like a whole thing and it's I liked it I didn't love it right uh, my non-spoiler play review because like a <laughs> book playbook review right um, is that I liked it I didn't love it I, I love I adore Harry Potter right I absolutely adore Harry Potter um, when did you start reading it did you oh, start gosh. reading them when the third or fourth one was already out? It was like, the, I think it was I around the third one because my yeah. brother had been reading them. And he was like, you have to, my younger brother was like, you have to read these books. And I'm like, these look dumb. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right. And I read, he's like, just read the first one. And if you hate it, then you don't have to read any of yeah. the ones. So I read the first one, hooked. Immediately hooked, hooked loved it. Was like, I'm in, I think Hagrid really kind of sold me. Yeah. So like, happy birthday, Harry, and all this stuff. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've always loved, you know, these like high fantasy, like fun sort of I love the mix of real world and yeah oh right right magic and it's just such a it's such a fantastical universe and kudos to JK Rowling for for creating it because geez right, so right. Much she stuff. grabbed from so many different things and made yeah. it work and and just and brought the whole the non-magical world into the magical world yeah and you know we could sit here and discuss why Harry Potter has to have glasses right but let's not but let's uh, not let's not <laughs> he'd have magical contacts that are invisible but I mean really the thing is is like I love the idea of of um 
I think what it is is it's it's captured the imagination of people to to say, gosh, like, wouldn't it be great if this actually did exist? Well, what if it was what if it was there right now? Like, we just don't know. I think in like 2002 uh, is when I was reading it, and I was doing childcare here in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple of kids that I was babying, babysitting for out and. In uh, Agri Hills, okay, so, um, and that's right when the movies came out, right? Like two thousand one or two thousand two. I think that that's when they started coming out. Mm-hmm. And but Caitlin had read all the books, and then I think in like two. 2003 or whatever it was, whatever she turned 11 and she was devastated that she didn't get the letter. Oh. Right? Because she was, she grew up you with wait, that, right? Yeah, you're waiting for your letter like, from Hogwarts, what? man. And you're like, hmm, you happen to have parents that like you. It's all going to work out. I know we all yeah. want to be magical and secret. And, but she came to me once when she was about, when she was just start, start, starting to read them when she was nine or 10. And she said, do you think there's really uh, uh, a magical world out there? And I said, you don't have to tell your mom this. But I think that anybody who can write a world like Tolkien or like like Narnia or or Out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis or any of that. Sure. Or any of these amazing worlds. Um, we're not that smart. I, I genuinely have like a weird, spooky belief that there's a parallel universe that, that Star Trek exists. Sure. You know, just because. Why I buy not? that. Why not? I don't. I, it's not that people aren't smart. Nobody's that smart. The, yeah. They fall asleep. They see a glimpse into another world. They write it into a story. Sure. And um, they get hit in the head or something. I mean, I was like or it, it, like J.K. Rowling. I, I fully believe that all the the intense amounts of stress she was experiencing at the time she wrote it, like helped her. Like it was almost like hallucinating. But in the best possible way, like <laughs> right. stress hallucinating, where stress you're just like, I'm freaking like, out, but I'm thinking of this like crazy thing right I now because my out. brain is out of control. I have to check out and find somewhere else to go. Exactly. Yeah. That, that seems, I don't have a problem like a with mental that. break with reality, but she ended up finding Harry Potter. So good for you, JK pen Rowling. To pa- pen to paper. Fucking billionaire we, we now. All, High fives. Exactly. And we all win because of it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the cursed child is, was hard for, I haven't bought it. I'm not that excited about it only because when we were talking about this before the show started, is that it's going to be hard to recapture that. Yeah. You know, that, that, that initial reading the first book. And it's, I, I wouldn't ever want to ruin it for a child or for someone right. who hadn't read it before. But if, and, and people who saw the movie and then read the book, that's also kind of hard because they sort of even have though, it in their mind what everything looks like and feels like and sounds like. Yeah. Like the yeah. first time I read the book, I, I was just, I was charmed and I fell in love. And it was the cursed child. I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, now they're, they're older. Okay. Do they have, Mortgages? Is there? Pretty, a I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Do they have you know, who's paying their bills? So, <laughs> what's but if there's here. a good action story attached to it, that's fine. So, and, and that's I would say, in regards to that, a good action story. I would say I think that. I, I I enjoyed the idea, but the MacGuffin of the story, yes. the, the the this sort of artificially created reason. <sighs> yeah, it just <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like ooh, like I don't know if I buy that, and that also seems really kind of like Which cheap, seems, right? But it seems unfair. Like right. I was just rereading the first book, and I was like, oh, this is a pretty simple story, very straightforward, very straightforward. And if I read the cursed child first i think i would be i would be more open to it it's it's yeah, so hard to the sense. suspension of disbelief is so hard to maintain sometimes right like well, i and jk didn't write it 
That's the thing that people. Oh, she are, didn't. No, like if you look at the the play, is it fan fiction. What it's the hell's written happening? by a guy, and then it's like uh, based on cr- characters created by J.K. Rowling. She's on the front of the book, but it's like based on characters she made. Oh, interesting. And then this guy wrote it with someone else. I think it's like two writers. So she helped shape the book, like, but she didn't write that script. And like, okay. And I think it's it's frustrating because it's like you you read it, and as a Harry Potter fan, I'm like. I want to love what I'm seeing and I'm happy to see these characters again. And it's interesting to kind of know who they are now and, you know, how are they doing as yeah. parents? And, you know, like, what, it's sort of a strange, like... It's like meeting your cousins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ten like years later, ten years like, later, you're like, how did whoa. that go? <laughs> yeah, like, whoa, you run a auto dealership now. That's weird. You used to be stealing cars when we were 14. Like, how bizarre. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of like that. And so it's like, it's you're seeing them kind of settled and, and then it's about their kids in this sort of whole thing and it's nice to see those characters again but then it also feels like they're it it really leans hard on nostalgia and i wish i would have seen more new things like in in fantastic beasts i feel like we're getting a whole new wizarding world story like this is a whole new thing and it it doesn't feel like a retread it doesn't feel like which is so possible when you create a world like that it creates so many offshoots i don't know if you ever and rangers i know you're like i can't believe you're bringing up cage baker again but i uh, (laughs) i don't know if you ever read the cage baker series uh, called the company and it is an immortality and time travel story. Okay. And it is amazing. That sounds I usually delightful. don't like immortality and time travel because the time travel is usually, the history is not done well and immortality right. is not explained correctly. Uh, Cage Baker is a woman from California. She passed away very sad, uh, about five or six years ago, but she was on the Dork Forest for a, a brief oh. shining moment. But she has, it's an amazing world and she finished the series before she died. There were seven books and, uh, the company series, I will show you before you leave. Yeah, Please do. And, but here's the great thing about it. There was a pair, because it's all of time, mm-hmm. the side, you can introduce characters anywhere. anywhere in time. Yeah. And so it is one of the, it's so, I know that her family is very sad that she died. Uh, uh, and I'm sad as a reader that she died. Right, because, because you're not going to get more. Right. And I think her partner, uh, I don't know that her partner can can pick it up, but it doesn't matter. Mm. Someone should, because it's an amazing world. Hopefully. Of, of immortals and, and time travel. And it was this dry sense of humor that... Um, where we're back in time, we're getting the historical perspective, but all the immortals are, they have access to all of time. Mm-hmm. And they are raised in a certain time. They, you know, oh, interesting. They are okay. made immortal like post-Neanderthal okay. or Neanderthal, right? Hmm. They are made immortal every year. They're making more immortals because the company needs uh, more workers. Oh, interesting. In 2055... They have no more information of what happens after 2055, and they're and and in real and so the the book takes place in the past and also in the in the present of 2053. Okay, so they're just about to hit that. They're they're just about to. And they're they like, see the dead end sign, and they're like, "What's right, going to happen?" Right, and they call it the silence. Oh, and all the future kids are freaking the fuck out. Right, they call as you it, would, as you would, because they're like, "We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen." Just like that Mayan calendar we we experienced three years ago, <laughs> exactly. three four years ago. Our minds yeah. were blown. We were, we're like, like "Oh my god." 
God, you guys, what's going to happen? The calendar stopped. But Cage Baker was also predictive in the way that uh, I just posted this on the Ranger page on Facebook. Is somebody put, uh, they took a, a, a classic, I might have been, it wasn't a Van Gogh, a Van, whatever. It was one of the Dutch masters. Sure. And they put, uh, they, they made the painting into a gluten-free version of it. Uh. And so they took the bread out of it. Amazing. And in the Cage Baker books, which were all written about 10 years ago, um, there are in the future they take all the because uh, because they take all the liquor out of it they take all the weapons out of it they take all the chocolates illegal uh, sugar well, I won't and, read this <laughs> well I can't and, read this and this it's is a horror this sounds like a horror novel exactly adult sippy cups I mean the whole it's like it's a little too prescient but um, sure but and then there's and then but Ready Player One is also this fascinating sort of VR world of the future. Yeah. Which I love. That's one of the reasons I love science fiction and fantasies because those worlds, I think, do exist. Those worlds. Yeah. Or they people, will. Right. That's the crazy thing. Like yeah. so many times they will exist. I, so I, I like Ready Player One, but I love, and this this probably is because of the time and place. Like you read a book in the right time and place, it just stays with you forever. Yeah. Um, when I read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, yes. <laughs> this is like, that's my that's my virtual reality book. Like that's the one. Okay. So that's, Ready Player One, very good. And and but kids still, reading Ready Player One when I the, at the age that I read Snow Crash are feeling, I'm sure, the same way about Ready Player One that I do about Snow Crash. You know, it's funny. I, I read Snow Crash, but I read Snow Crash after I had read two of his other books. Uh-huh. And so the one that kind of blew my mind was the weird short novel that he wrote called Zodiac. Oh yeah, I loved Zodiac. That's a good one. It's such a good book about environmentalism in Boston and. That guy's an interesting cat, man. Like, I can't, I'd love to pick his brain for an hour. Yeah, Yeah. to meet that guy and ask him, like, so what's the deal with inside your head? Like, (laughs) what's going on in there? Right, because you've got a vision that is is clearly beyond. Yes. This is the same type of thing we're saying. Like, this is the parallel universe. Like, clearly this man has a portal to some other dimension in his house, (laughs) right? Like, many different dimensions. And he just, like, visits and comes back and no one knows. Right. It has to be the case. It has to, it has to be, because otherwise, how the hell you know yeah like if i and he has a new book out right now called seven eves oh yeah um and it's about uh it's in the future it's set in the future and it's about the moon exploding and uh, the moon blows up like right up front and it's, it's not a spoiler it happens right up front <laughs> and um and so basically it's like this event and um they're trying to figure out not only what caused it they called it that the agent they're like what is the agent how is you know what is what is the reason this happened it splits into seven pieces the moon splits into seven pieces oh weird and so but they're all held together by like a light gravity so basically you see these like shards of the moon in the sky now as oh. like you're, as a, it, people live on earth and so they're trying to figure out one how to survive because over time, obviously, this is going to, like, not be there. And so um, and so they're trying to figure out, like, what they're going to do to survive post-moon explosion. And also, what the hell happened? Because is it coming for us? Is it going to split Earth into seven pieces? We don't know. Right. So it's um, it's quite good. And uh, I'm sure I'm not too Did far you... into it yet. Okay. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but it's 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 really good thus far. Really wow, good. It sounds mind-blowing. It yeah, sounds it's really like a cool. great one. Good sci-fi. Like, good, God, great sci-fi. And pretty good science on it, too? I, um, I'd say, like, I go back and forth, where I'm okay. like, I kind of read something and I'm like, that's a little bit squishy. But then, yeah. but then it's like also you think about it and you're like, just like in The Martian, where you're yeah. like, there are a couple things he was a little bit liberal about in terms of, but on the whole, guessing, it was pretty good. Yeah, guessing what the technology might be based on what we already have. So I think there's a little bit of that. Right. Fair enough. You, did you have you ever watched that sci-fi uh, TV show, The Expanse? Um, we, my husband and I, watched it for. 
a few episodes and like we really wanted to get into it, but there's so much good TV right now. We cannot keep up. Right. There's no, there's no keeping up. No. For some reason, I chose to watch that. Uh, and, I, it's like, and I've seen almost okay. nothing else. Uh, I was kind of blown away because it's like an LA confidential in space kind of thing. People really like it. Yeah, yeah. Like this sort of Thomas Jane is like this noirish sort of space detective. That's, That's what so I cool. liked. One of Andy's friends uh, is a uh, JPL guy. He, he works, um, at Jet Propulsion Labs and he does, he's been on the show, Robert Hurt. Okay. And he is an astrophysicist. Oh. And he, and an artist. And so he does all the artist re- renditions, uh, of the images that come back from the Spitzer telescope. Oh, That's his sweet. job. Yeah. What it a is, sick job. He is, uh, he could not be more grateful, Robert Hurt, that <laughs> for is a his cool, life. Cool, cool job. Yeah. And so, but he, was he recommended it because he said that the science was good. Okay. And so I was like, oh, Oh, okay. When you get a recommendation like that from an astrophysicist, you kind of take it. You should watch it. Right. And yeah. I, um, my science skills, uh, what's left of eighth grade science is oh, I yeah. can draw Snoopy really good uh, <laughs> all over my notebook. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I never did nail, uh, I didn't either. The, uh, the I, little guy, uh, next to Snoopy. Uh, who's, Woodstock. Woodstock. Who's, little who's, Woodstock. Yeah, little Woodstock who's, whose name I spaced. Little, little Woodstock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Little guy. The little guy next the to Snoopy. The little Snoop. yellow guy. Little you yellow, know. yellow guy. So, um, everybody, Ashley Escatha, right? Yeah. Escatha. Jesus, I don't understand why I'm, why I'm having issues, but it's at Ashley Escatha and AshleyEscatha.com. Yeah. And, um, e- E-L-C, E-S-Q-U-E-D-A. That's there you how go. I spell my last name. Success. And Ashley is the, is spelled the only way you should ever spell it. <laughs> what else are the people doing? Are they putting hearts? I mean, What's man, happening? when I was in school, because Ashley in the eighties, like super popular girl's name. Was there two E's and an accent at you? <sighs> there was a two E Ashley. There's <laughs> yep. a two E Ashley. There was a, uh, there was an Ashley with L I E. There was an L I E Ashley. There was an L I E G H Ashley, like slay, like the word like slay at the end. Like slay Lee. Ashley. Um, yeah, like Vivian Lee. Yeah. Um, it was like that. Uh, Ashley. Ashley, and there was that Ashley. Uh, I'm telling you, it was like Ashley F, Ashley E, Ashley J, Ashley. I mean, we had like right. five Ashleys in our class at one point. It was insane. Wow. And so um, I was the only one with a normal Ashley name. Nice. You know, um, I've told this story before, but let's hear it again, Jackie. Uh, is my, I haven't my, heard this story Right, before. exactly. My name, Jacqueline. Uh, the French spelling uh, for uh, named after Jackie Kennedy. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. And so, because my parents were super close to the Kennedys. No, they uh, were not. They lived in Camelot, of course. They, they lived in a factory town in Wisconsin. Anyway. Close. So just like Camelot. And, exactly like but, that. And With they, a lot of factories. Coal. A lot of, yeah. lot of dirt. Yes. And so when I was 13, I wanted to change the spelling of my name because it's very traditional. J-A-C-K-I-E, right? And I wanted to spell it J-A-C-Q-U-E um, or I-E or something. I wanted to do something crazy. And, yes. Yeah, and my stepmother was Be like... Be more French. Literally, it's one of the only times I remember her swearing when I was a child. Uh, she said, you're not pulling that 13-year-old bullshit with your name. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? Good for her. I know. Good for her for standing up. Fucking high five, stepmom. <laughs> Well you, played, Nancy Cation. You tell her, because you tell little Jackie, yes. she that you are not here for that shit. Right. This is she. She she took so much shit. That was the that, that, that was, was the, the final line. straw. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't going to put up with that nonsense. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, it's crazy. Now, what is the business? Now, we could go back to this late show kind of thing because the business of being a mega celebrity sounds like something my brother Russ, my brother Russ likes to call me and tell me things like, uh, he's the guy who watches Johnny Carson. Uh, he likes to tell me about how celebrities make, made their real money. Yeah. Like Michael Nesmith invented the post-it or some damn thing. Who knows what he did? Well, I thought but, it was Romeo and Michelle invented post-its. Right. Romeo that and movie? Michelle. Yeah, was that, that was, in that documentary? I think it, it was, it was, that it was great a documentary, documentary yeah. where uh, Janine Garofalo kind of corrected them at the totally. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. And, uh, but well, like, uh, Lyle Wagoner, who was a, uh, a haircut, uh, he was on the love boat and he was in, yeah. he, he always played a dreamy dude. He invented the star wagon. Wow. Which is, which is what everyone my, uses as trailers. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm going to my trailer. And that was Lyle Wagoner. And it's that's a, where he got a lot of It's a star money. wagon. So what's with the, two G's. What's the, what's the business of being a mega celebrity? This was on your list. So I love, um, I really love, I don't necessarily love gossip. Like I don't, I don't really read like the TMZs of the world, but there's a, there's a gossip website that I absolutely love called Lainey Gossip. And her name's Elaine Louis, uh, L-A-I-N-E-Y gossip.com. And she, one, does not focus on what she calls sad smut. So like when people die of overdoses and things like that, like she's like, good for her. She's like, that's not what we're here for. It's disrespectful. Like we're not going to do this. Nice. Um, she, she loves the business of being a mega celebrity. Like this is a a study. It's it's like a university for her. Like she considers this is it, like her PhD thesis. This is one hundred percent her doctorate. I'm telling you. So she is so fascinating to read because she'll talk about, for example, Beyonce. So Lemonade dropped earlier this year. And she spent the weekend listening to it and she comes back on Monday and she writes on her website, she's like, this is a master class in, in the school of celebrity. Here's why. And so she explains like she has been keeping all of this information. She has been building this album. She's been doing all these things. They knew what the narrative was. Like this is such a fascinating career move on her part to be able to embrace her blackness, to be able to create this thing that is making a statement. It's not just a pop record, like all this stuff. And she does it for everybody. So like, for example, she talked about uh, the other day, Justin Timberlake reunited with uh, the rest of NSYNC and they took a picture at J.C. Chazé's 40th birthday. Okay. Fine. But she is like very much about how <laughs> Justin Timberlake has never really been called to the carpet for his bullshit. Like he's never really been called out on it. So for example, at the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson, right. who suffered there? Janet Jackson did. Well, when her boob came out? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody punished Justin Timberlake even though he was the one who unveiled it. He was the one who ripped off a piece of her costume. Oh, right. He's never suffered for that. He's right. never been ostracized from the industry or shunned. Nobody even gave him any shit for Nobody it. gave him shit for it. Like, nobody did anything to Justin Not word one. That's true. Nothing. That's right. And so, and she talks about this in the sense of like, and, and she also talks about how like Justin Timberlake always has to make things about him. Like, it's always this thing about him. Like, it's weird. Like, and she, she points to, uh, when he, when they were, when they did the cover of the magazine when he got married to Jessica Beale, it's like him jumping over the top of his wife's head. And his wife, his poor wife is like in her wedding gown and he's like, I'm here, it's me, Justin Timberlake. And it's like, <laughs> the one fucking time you could make this about your wife, you chose to take right. a picture and choose the one where you're jumping over her head. Like, right. So it's, and she also talks about, so another good example is, so the, uh, playing the celebrity game of like, uh, Taylor Swift is like a really great example. This is a 
very shrewd businesswoman. And nobody really gives her that credit because everybody demands that she be nicey, nicey, kind, you know, loving hearts, Taylor Swift all the time. But it's like, she's also a person. That's her persona. That's her, right. sol- that's her persona that she she's puts out human. there. But she's a businesswoman and she needs to get shit done. And like, Taylor Swift is probably like a little bit of a bitch in real life. And that's okay. Like, that's awesome. And she should embrace that more because right. she should own the fact that like, I'm, I made this. Like, I Ian, made Taylor Swift. You know, that's a, fa- that sounds like a fascinating website. You know, Ian Abramson is a comic from Portland who lives here in uh, Los Angeles. And he said something that kind of blew my mind about six months ago. He had started writing for, I don't know, something. And uh, it was like an entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. And he's been on the show. He talked about McDonald Land, you guys. Anyway, so, uh, but he said, he was talking about Kim Kardashian. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, Kim Kardashian, I used to just mock her openly. But now all I can think is she's an amazing business person. Very she shrewd. Took a, uh, she took like that Paris Hilton and the porn and the and the sex tape took a sex and turned tape. it into an empire. A billion dollar empire. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you can't help. Listen, I don't love what the Kardashians do. I don't care what they do on a daily basis. I'm not watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But at the end of the day you got to have some level of respect for that because it's turning nothing into something. Into and lemonade. It, into, into, I she's, mean, turning, she's turning no lemons into lemonade. Yeah, like which, nothing. A plate full of rocks into lemonade. Like, it's literally that. And it's, you know, she could have went away and, and been ashamed and, and you know, yeah. put her head down and said, oh, well, I'm just going to shrink out of the industry forever because I'm so embarrassed I think I'll die. But the thing is, is like, she was just like, you know what, whatever. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's let's make something, at least let's get something out of this. And right. And I can respect that. And, but like on the flip side, when you talk about like, um, like you see a lot of celebrities complaining about privacy invasion. Okay. Fine. Right. I agree with that to a certain extent. Like I don't think people should be bothered when they don't want to be bothered. That's fine. But then you, but then you think about like, for example, uh, when, Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston were first sighted on Taylor Swift's property, sitting like kissing on the rocks in okay. Kennebunkport or wherever where the <laughs> hell it is. She has a vacation home. Sure. The Hamptons. Um, that picture is extremely high quality, which means that probably there was a paparazzi agency that was hired to take that picture. Oh, interesting. And so there's a lot of celebrity sort of dealings that happen with publicists, like mega celebrities. They, they make these deals where, like, for example... If Lindsay Lohan goes out shopping, yeah. somebody might tip off the paparazzi so that she gets her picture in magazines. Right. Like, and that's a way of keeping her relevant. Right. And that's part of the game. It's, right. It's, it's, that's it's part of her really, job. It's a huge complex. It's this huge industrial complex that I just find terribly fascinating and, um, and, and often very hypocritical. Uh, and I feel bad for the celebrities who genuinely want to just be left the fuck alone because there are so many that go out and go, well, I hate the paparazzi. But then on that same note, they're selling pictures of their kids to People magazine. Right, right. Well, and the weird, what, what I, what I've noticed is that Matt Damon, you never see you him. You never see him. You know why? Cause he doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to be seen. And you don't need to be seen. Do you ever see Beyonce out unless she releases an official picture? of her out? No. She's one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And right. nobody's fucking releasing pictures of Beyonce. You right. know why? Because she ain't calling paparazzi. Because she doesn't need it. She literally has like a historian following her around everywhere, <laughs> photographing and videoing her every move for some Beyonce library that I'm sure will, you know, oh, will, right will build in the, the future. Library? Right next to the Smithsonian. <laughs> It'll just be a wing in the Smithsonian. The Beyonce exhibit. Permanent. Um, and it's just, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you don't want to be seen, you don't need to be seen. Especially with that much money and power and influence influence, you right. don't need to be seen. You can hire a wall of Tom Halliburton Hanks. to stop you. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Do you see him in tablets? No. 
You right. might see them getting off a plane at LAX like TMZ hounds and fine, whatever. Yeah. But it's like. But that's once every nine months or if that. Yeah. So that's okay. That's crazy. You said something earlier, which I thought was fascinating, which is that Beyonce did lemonade and this, um, laneygossip.com yeah. did a thing about how she's the sort of the business side of it and the and the personal side of it where she gets to talk about um black power and then she gets to talk about but you didn't say this but sort of women power and stuff mm-hmm. and she does and you said she does it for everyone who do, who who did you mean everyone did you mean like me too do i get to relate? well she just talks about uh, laney talks about <laughs> celebrity know, but, it's like it's all about okay. like she does this for everybody where it's like it's oh, laney there's always yeah there's always context there's always it, the thing i like the most about her website is there's context it's not just like ooh hey guess what i heard like oh, okay. like it's not any of that bullshit like you know she's she got has, a bigger picture she, there's always context Text. It's like, this is what this means in the sense of the bigger picture. Here's, you know, oh, well, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling, crazy people who think that he is still like secretly dating Rachel McAdams. Like, no, he is very happily with Ava Mendez. They have children, two children. They're very happy, even though you, ne- again, you never see them. You didn't right. even know Ava Mendez was pregnant till she popped out a kid. Like, oh, wow. nobody knew. Okay. Until, like, I think the week before she had her baby. Like, oh, it's wow. crazy. It's like, if people don't want to be seen, they don't want to be seen. You can hide. It's That's fine. awesome. And so she talks I mean, about the, the context of it in the sense of, she calls herself the faculty of celebrity studies. And I really love that. And I love that she takes sort of this very analytical approach to the business of being a celebrity and what it means for each celebrity as they sort of do things. Just pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a good, uh, that's the only way I'll read like entertainment news. I can't read gossip rags. I can't, I can't like Perez Hilton. I can't do any of that stuff. I don't do any of it myself. This no. actually kind of draws me to it a little yeah. bit because I would love to know who Ava Perez is. Who the fuck is she? I don't know. Good old, good old Ava Mendez. Is it Mer- Mendez? It's Mendez, yeah. Fantastic. Exactly. I don't See, even don't know, know her damn is. name. And that's that's the way she wants it, though. That's the nice oh, thing. Oh, congratulations. Like, she's a, an actress. She does she movies. She gets to work. She gets to work. She gets to do her thing. But also, she gets left the hell alone. Ah, see, that's nice. That's that must be nice. <laughs> There's someone listening, going, "Jesus Christ, Jackie, you don't know." No, I don't. I don't know who anybody is. That's okay. Uh, Ashley, Escatha, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, can see, can people watch the old uh, episodes? On, yes, on CNET. Yes, if uh, you can, you can head over to CNET. You can type in "Tomorrow Daily" is the name of the show. Right. Um, it'll be ending this week uh, as when this goes live. Right. Um, it'll end this week on the 18th. So uh, you 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 might miss Tomorrow Daily, but that's okay. We're gonna start doing something new right. in September so and we'll be follow you on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll we'll be announcing what it is. It should be really fun and and we're kind of looking forward to again going back to the whole like being being kind of tied, tethered to a show that takes place four days a week is like yeah. pretty exhausting. And also you can't really do all the things that you want to do. Like so we you can't really get out of the office. Yeah. More. Uh, so we're hoping to get out of the office a little bit more and do some more, do some more fun stuff. Are you going to take a couple of weeks off and lie down? You know, uh, maybe, never. probably not. I, never I haven't <laughs> taken a vacation in two years, at least I've not, I haven't been on a vacation since Where'd longer than a weekend since I got married and we went to camp. We got married in Cancun. Oh my gosh. And it was 10 days and then we came home and we have not taken a long vacation since. I think we're hoping to go maybe to like Europe this winter or something. I don't know. I we're I'm begging. I'm like, please just take me anywhere. Like I I'll go to I'll go to Popeye's chicken uh, this weekend. I'll tell you something. We took a four day vacation. We were going to go to France. Didn't work out. 
uh, we took a four or five, it was, I think, a four-day vacation to Harry Potter World in Orlando. Was it At the end of January. It was, uh, quite honestly, one of the coolest things <sighs> because there was no one there on, yeah. a, on a Monday and Tuesday. Because everyone's at gone. At the end of January. Because everyone's gone. It was gone. awesome. And I recommend everyone go to Harry Potter World in Orlando at the end of January on Monday and Tuesday, and I'll see you there. Yeah. Because I might want to go every freaking year because it, it brought it to life in a way that I truly enjoyed. I, I would like to go to there. I don't yeah. want to go to the one in L.A. It seems so fake I got compared tickets. to the one in Orlando. I got Ugh. tickets. It's a lot smaller, and I'll go, but I don't know when. Okay. Cause, I just uh, want to go to all of Vander's wand shop. Like, I just need a wand. I just got to get I, a wand. I, I have a wand, but I, I was wrong. I thought that it was a motion detector pointed at those metal discs on the on the ground. No, it's got an RFID. Got an RFID chip in it. <clears throat> so you have to buy a wand there. So they're yes. $50 wands. Um, the wand, boo. The wand that I have that was given to me, much like my Monster Book of Monsters, uh, was given to me by my buddy uh, Lee Bennett, and it would not work in that situation. Boo. Or boo you it. could in you could install an RFID chip. <laughs> well, that to make sounds that like some tech. I'm going to go on to Etsy and see if someone will make me one. Like a really high quality Elder Wand seems oh, really betcha. fun. Awesome. Ashley, thank you so much for doing the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. This was delightful. Let's have more conversations soon. Yes, please. Uh, thanks for listening, you guys. You know the rules. Take care of each other out there. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?